This is the Seafair Investor Podcast, bringing you the tides of investing and personal finance from to millennial seafarers and alike. I'm your host, Soshin, a full-time seafarer, value investor, and a personal finance enthusiast. Welcome to episode 15. In this episode, I will go through with the basic terms on stocks that beginners encounter first. This will be a good primer to start diving in deeper into the stock market itself. And this topic will be divided into two parts, so two episodes. So this is the part one. As I go further and uh, further, let's go. I want to start by you picturing out opening an online stock platform where you can buy and sell shares in the stock market. If you're a beginner, it could be really overwhelming because of so much happening at once, especially the constant red and green blinking in and out. And if you're from the Philippines, you can see ticker symbols go by really fast like a spinning reel in your screen. (laughs) Again, it can be overwhelming. That's what I really felt when I stared one before. Good thing, there's Google to start researching, but it can still be overwhelming. However, it's a a good start to dig in. And if you prefer the podcast audio form, then you're in luck today as I will be discussing those beginner terms. (laughs) Now let's start with the bid and ask price. These two terms are kind of important in buying and selling a stock as this determines the available price the market is offering to you. Bid is the price and amount of shares that people are offering to buy, while the ask is the same as the bid but it's the price and amount of shares that people are willing to sell. So, in short, The bids are the buyers and us are the sellers. That's simple. And the spread between those two prices, it's called the bid as spread. Well, for me, this is not really important. So if you want to buy a stock, you will first look at how much is the market is willing to sell. So you look at the prices being offered in the as price section. But if you feel or your analysis is that the stock should be a bit cheaper and than the ask price, then you will bid a price you see fit. That's why the bid price exists for that. Then afterwards, how would you buy a stock? So if you see a price that you want to buy, there are a lot of options available on how to order a stock. But the simplest of them all are the limit and market orders. Sadly, if you're buying stocks in the Philippine market, the only available order will be the limit order. In this kind of order, you set a price that you want to buy for a stock, let's say 10 pesos per share. It's it's called a limit order in, in such a way because the order will not execute further than 10 pesos per share, which what you want, and that's its limit. If the price of the stock hits 11 pesos, the limit order will not execute until it hits 10 pesos per share. 
the disadvantage on this kind of order is that there is a chance you will miss buying that stock because it won't reach the price you wanted to. And the workaround on this is through the market order. So in this order type, when you put in how many shares you want and press the buy button, it will execute the order immediately and buy whatever available price in the market. This order will ensure that you will own the shares. So however, the downside is it won't be the price that you would want to enter. So a limit and market orders serve different purpose in different situations. If the market is really volatile and prices move so fast before you can even react, market orders would be the best one to execute. And this is what I use when buying stocks in the US market. While limit orders really work well on liquid stocks where there is not much price movement every day. I would just put on a limit order and set it to expire until cancelled and be done on the day and go back to duty at sea. <laughs> and another terms are with the expiry of the order. It's, uh, it's kind of self-explanatory, but I will discuss it briefly. So depending on your broker, there are different types of order expiry. It can be a GTC or a good till cancel, meaning the order won't expire until you cancel it yourself. Other ones are day or today only and will expire after the trading hours on that day. And so on and so forth depending on the duration you want. There exists like a good for a week or good for a month. It's all uh, obvious kind of. Into uh, Moving on into the next one which is the board lot. This is the same as buying wholesale or bulk uh, products. There is a minimum number of shares that you need to buy for your order to be listed in the market. It uh, usually depends on uh, the exchange you are trading. In the US markets, you can buy one share or even fractional shares. <laughs> As with the Philippine Stock Exchange, board lot sizes can range from 50, 100, 1000, and uh, 10,000. For example, you want to buy a stock but its minimum board lot size is 50. Then you have to buy or put in at least 50 shares for your order to come through, and nothing less than that. So before buying a company you want, make sure first that you have enough money to buy the minimum board lot sizes to avoid disappointment. <laughs> now moving on to another term that is also being encountered by beginners, which is market capitalization. This term you will always hear in describing how big a company is as valued by the market. You will hear large caps, mid caps, small caps, and even micro caps. Although there isn't a fixed standard size as it depends on which exchange the company is listed. Large cap stocks in the New York Stock Exchange will not be the same size in the Philippine Stock Exchange. Like uh, Apple, 
at the 2.4 trillion market cap is considered a large cap in the New York Stock Exchange. But Ayala Corporation, with only 14.1 billion market cap in USD, is considered a large cap in the Philippine Stock Exchange. So, to get the market capitalization of a company, you multiply the current share price to its outstanding shares. Example, Apple has 16.403 billion outstanding shares, so you multiply it to its current share price of 149.64, you get a 2.4 trillion market cap. (laughs) It's a really big company, I know, and it deserves so. (laughs) Well, you might ask also, what is outstanding shares? This one is the number of shares that the company issued at its IPO or initial public offering and uh, float is the term describing how much of the outstanding shares is available in the public. It's uh, often expressed in percentage. For, for example, a company that is trading with a 25% public float mean that 25% of its outstanding shares are available to be traded in the open market. Now, you might also ask, are these terms like market capitalization, outstanding shares, and a public float important to investing? Well, not so much. <laughs> but it helps in a way for you to have a better picture of where the company stands in the market. It's uh, still business quality that is important in in the grand scheme of things. Let's uh, roll into the next one where we often also hear when investing in the stock market, which is the bull and the bear market. What does this mean? It describes the direction or the momentum to where the general market is trending. If someone says we are in a bull market, it means the market is trending up. Everyone is uh, bullish as what they call and expects the market to continue trending higher in the future. I don't know really the reason why they put the animal a bull to describe this trend, but maybe because it's always aggressive and moving forward. (laughs) Now for the bear market, it's the opposite of the bull. Everything in the stock market is declining rapidly or slowly, and the expected trend of the market to be going down. In this case, everyone is bearish, as what they call, and would want to stay out of the market, and, and, and run into the exit by, by selling and putting pressure more into the declining market. It's, it's somehow a chain reaction. Again, Is this important to investing? Well, somehow in a way, but in the long term, it won't really matter as bull and bear markets come and go like the tides. It's a normal market cycle. The answer to when it ends and and starts is unknowable and a losing game to predict as macroeconomics is is like forecasting the weather next year on the same day. You you might be right that it will rain, but it can also be sunny, windy, cloudy, and so on. There is just too much factors involved to make your predictions accurate. 
That's why I stick to understanding the business fundamentals of a company which is more easier to understand and have better odds in predicting the direction. And the tool I use, which I'm gonna discuss next, is by reading their financial reports. So financial reports are documents that are available to the general public. To access and read, it's a requirement for a public company to disclose and publish if their company is listed in the stock market. How financial reports are called depends on the country. So in the US, annual earnings reports are called 10Ks and quarterly reports are called 10Qs. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, it's simply called annual and quarterly reports. In and these reports, it contains mostly all the information you need to know about a company. Because in this report, it discusses not only the financials, but also the business background, the risk, competition, and more. Usually, after reading a 10K or annual report, you'll have a good picture of the company already. It's, it's like a doctor reading a medical chart of the patient. <laughs> but of course, it's just a start in researching as you might need to read more on external sources like about its industry, the competitors, and such. So where to access these reports? Well, Google is your friend. <laughs> and for the Philippine stock market, it can be found in the PSE Edge portal. While in the US, it's in their sec.gov website. It's important because all can be accessed online. Gone are the days where you need to request a permission from the company or the exchange itself for the financial reports. In a future episode, I will be discussing more on how to read financial reports the non-accountant way. (laughs) As I myself don't have a finance degree, just a passion for finance and investing, so... I will provide a perspective that is more general and friendly, I hope. (laughs) This is the end of part 1 on beginner terms on stocks. I know this is short, but while I can still talk on more terms, but (laughs) there is only so much the brain can endure and listen. So I don't want you to have an information overload, so today's episode content should be enough for you to internalize those terms. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to reach out to me, kindly follow and like my Facebook page, The Seafer Investor Podcast. You can message me there and through my email also, which is soshininvestor at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to leave a 5-star rating and a review in whatever podcast platform you're listening. It helps a lot in the discovery algorithm. See you in the part 2 of this episode. Bye!